I remember grabbing my Sunday school books and telling my wife and kids, I'll, I'll just meet you at church. I'm going to run down to the plant and just make sure everything's okay. That was a foolish statement in hindsight. Saturday night, I remember going home thinking, this, this may not be that bad. So about 1 o'clock in the morning, my phone just started ringing. On the wastewater side, all of our stations, something was going on. High water alarm, power outage, something was going on. What they didn't know was that something was a historic flood with 26 inches of accumulated rainfall causing nine rivers to flood and resulted in 19 fatalities and at least 75 dam failures. Hey, this is Robert, and in this episode of The Outfall, we go behind the scenes and learn how the city of Columbia responded to cascading catastrophic failures throughout their infrastructure and the lessons learned in the past six years. I met Clint and Joey in a coffee shop early one morning, but let me provide first a little bit of background on their system so you'll feel right at home around our table as we're all drinking coffee and talking about this flood. The city maintains a wastewater collection system and a treatment plant. The city also provides drinking water for over 375,000 customers. They have a treatment plant that's on a nearby lake and the other is located within the city and the intake for this plant is located on the banks of a hundred year old canal. Without giving away too much here, the flood destroyed a portion of that canal downstream of the intakes, which basically emptied out the canal, causing cascading issues. Okay, that's enough. You're ready. Grab a cup of coffee. If you didn't get all that, that is fine. This is a story about people and a utility rising up in unbelievable circumstances where failure was not an option. Enjoy. Yeah, so good morning, Rob. I'm, I'm Clint Sheely. I'm assistant city manager with responsibilities over Columbia Water and Public Works and customer care for the city. A lot has happened in the last six years, but as we think back on, on the historic flooding of 2015, I was the water works superintendent at the time, had been working with the city for about six weeks with an office at the canal water treatment plant. And Clemson had played Notre Dame that, that Saturday evening in a very rainy football game. Had enjoyed watching that on television with my family. I remember getting up early Sunday morning just because of the potential for the you know, flooding issues and the amount of rain that had happened overnight in the preceding day and, and some concerns. Of really, my concerns at that point were about our water quality and the raw water quality and how we would adjust the treatment. So I remember... Um, grabbing my Sunday school books and telling my wife and kids, I'll, I'll just meet you at church. I'm going to run down to the plant and just make sure everything's okay. That was a foolish statement in hindsight. but uh, So I arrived at the, the plant around 7. We met with the, the lead operator, and we were, you know, we were seeing some, some pretty difficult, challenging water quality to treat, but we were well ahead of it and, and had been preparing for weeks to be ready for that. We were also seeing some disturbing trends in our elevated tanks, and particularly in the downtown zone, and so made a couple calls to, to Joey and water distribution and, and, and those folks and realized that we had a lot of flooding happening that had washed away some of our infrastructure, and so we had some major lines hemorrhaging and that were, were pulling hard. On our, on our distribution system. So we ramped up pumping 
and, and treatment to try to meet that demand. But that was the first real indication that we had a problem in our system um, long before any sort of source water quantity issues developed. So I'm Joey Jaco. I'm the director of utilities for the city in Columbia Water. So we had spent all Saturday at our wastewater plant, really just kind of gauging things, watching things. And, and Saturday night, I remember going home thinking, this, this may not be that bad. So about 1 o'clock in the morning, my phone just started ringing. And just things were going haywire. So it was um, on the wastewater side, all of our stations, something was going on. High water alarm, this is on the wastewater side. So high water alarm, power outage, something was going on. So we we decided to reconvene at the wastewater plant. And this was about two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's so I'm driving to the wastewater plant, you know, there's still activity out. It's, you know, it's Saturday night in Columbia. So there's, even though it was a heavy storm, there's still activity. But I remember thinking uh, there's water coming across the road that I had never seen before. So we get to the wastewater plant and issues going on, we knew. Alarms going off at stations that we'd not seen before, so. By the time the sun came up on Sunday morning, we realized we were on an island at our wastewater plant. I mean, we had, the road was underwater all around us. How much? Uh, we couldn't see it. I mean, where the road was, seeing the road to be able to drive on it to get out was difficult. So, which we ended up not being able to drive. Most of us that drove there were not able to drive out. So I what mean, was going through your brain? how am I going to get out of here? Because at that time, you know, we were, we knew that uh, on the water side, we were already losing, um, it, you know, we had water line breaks, numerous water line breaks. So, you know, we had an issue. Most storms, you kind of react on the wastewater side first, just because that's where you, you get hit first, um, you know, in the collection system. But our plant was seeing flows that we hadn't seen before coming in. We did lose power for only a short period of time at the plant, um, but we were able to continue to operate at the wastewater plant. Um, but um, just thinking, you know, we once once the, we knew the plant was okay, then it started hitting us on the water side. You know, trying to think about how we're going to get, how am I going to get out of here to be able to go down to the water plant to to see what's going on there. But um, so that was that was kind of some of the early on thoughts. But I mean, but. We ended up, most of us that that were able to get out, uh, had to ride a piece of equipment out of the wastewater plant. There's a reason why there are poles up on both sides of Cemetery Lane going down to the wastewater plant, and that's the reason why. So you know where the road is now when it floods. And we got little red markers on it so you know how deep it is too. So um, so that that was kind of the, the initial this is this is going to be bad and and that sunday we were hemorrhaging in our water system like clint said and we were just you know when you're when you know you got a water line break but you can't get to the water line break you can't see the water line break to be able to know to, how to fix it where it's broke um that that's that's an uneasy feeling and that's what we were experiencing on sunday being able to get um get folks out to be able to react and it's unfortunate that we you know we couldn't fix it so we had to just isolate everywhere we knew we had a break so that was putting parts of our system out of the water out of water that we 
you know, and that's not what you want to do as a utility uh, water provider. So that was that was kind of the initial something's going on. You know, this is this is this is worse than than we expected. Yeah, and on the wastewater side, we were the same thing. I mean, you you know you have problems, but we were having to call crews back for safety reasons. You know, we we couldn't react. Um, we and we didn't want to send folks out knowing we can't do anything. We made it through Sunday, really just doing what we could do. And by Sunday evening, uh, I guess Monday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, I don't remember exactly what time it was. We got the call of um, we may have an issue on the canal. By daylight, we were all standing out there where it had breached. And as the sun came up, seeing that gap in our canal, knowing what this meant for us, that was probably... That was probably, you know, we, we could fix water line breaks, but we, we couldn't fix that. So Now, why, why was that important, the canal for you? So the canal is our water source. So if, if we knew that because it had breached and um, what it took to fix it, if we didn't do it in time, we were going to lose our water source. So that was probably, I'd say, one of the lowest points. <laughs> Rob, as I think about the, the low points, it's kind of a cascading effect. Um, there were several in there. Um, the first one for me that, that made me think, oh my goodness, this is, this is something that's very, very different, was um, when Joey called me on Sunday afternoon about right, at, right after lunch and said, the city manager has asked that we evacuate the water treatment plant. And so we had a team of really good operators that were staying ahead of the curve from a treatability standpoint, and we were pumping a lot of water out to try to keep as much of the system pressurized as we could to evacuate a facility that's never been evacuated, that has always had a licensed operator there, and the ramifications of not having a licensed operator there, that was a sobering moment. We retreated to the Emergency Operations Center, and because we were then out of compliance with regulatory standards of not having a certified operator. We had an iPad, we could see what was happening, but you can't run a jar test remotely. And the water quality was changing so rapidly, we couldn't stay ahead of, of, of what was happening there. So um, that was, was sobering. We were able to come back a few hours later and kind of adjust the treatment and, and get things back where they needed to be. Um, I remember, interestingly enough, making a phone call to your colleague Paul Hargett and at the time your colleague Dr. George Budd and uh, we looped Dr. Budd in on the phone and um, we were feeding 60 parts of alum we just weren't getting anywhere right after we got back I said and this is what we've got so I told him the parameters that we had the organic carbon content of the water and the turbidity and I said where do you think we need to be because what we were doing wasn't working immediately there. George said, I think you need to be north of 100 parts of alum. And the guys that have been treating water here for 30, 40 years, like, nah, there's no way. We've never fed alum like that. That's what it took to get us there. So we, we did a jar test, we made some treatment adjustments, and we got things back within standards. But while we were gone, there were some also some line breaks and depressurization on the Lake Murray side of the system 
as well as the canal side. So we issued the city's first ever system-wide boil water advisory from the EOC at about two o'clock that afternoon. I thought that was the low point. I really thought, okay, this is as bad as it gets. And um, by that evening, we had recovered and we were starting to build pressure back in the system. The leaks were isolated. The, the water quality was where it needed to be. We were making good water quality to finish water at that point. And I foolishly told the, the crew at the water plant, I, I think we might be through the worst of this. We had gone over to West Columbia and gotten some food and brought it back. So I think we might be through the worst of this, you know. And that was, that was foolish. Um, because then, as, as Joey said, the calls came from Lockhart. Right before I got the call on the call tree, I had noticed that our, our level indicator on the, that, that shows the, the level in the canal, which had been really, really high, had dropped down about six or seven feet just really quickly, very rapidly. And I thought, well, there's got to be some material hung up on the ultrasonic. So I grabbed a flashlight and walked down to the intake to see. And that was my personal moment of clarity that something is terribly wrong because the water was gone. I mean, it, it was very, very low in comparison to what we had always seen it. And then the call came about the breach and the things cascaded from there. I think about, um, you know, the work that, that our, our men and women and, and contractors and volunteers, National Guard did all throughout that week to make sure we could get water into our plant um, and, and just temporary pumping, rock dam, all those things that were, were happening but we were at a point um, that Friday afternoon of um, contractors had committed that we would have additional water supply through some fused HDP piping coming into our raw water reservoir that would, you know, bolster our supply capability. And I remember we, we met that Friday um, around lunchtime um, going into the afternoon because it came, became apparent that they weren't going to meet that deadline and our raw water reservoir was um, to a point where we had never seen it that low before. And we were starting to look for that bathtub swirl. Oh, wow. and, uh, and so we, we started making some contingency plans about how do we get water just to the hospitals and the key critical customers, what would we have to do? What would you have to do? Well, it's, it's a valving, it's a water distribution operation, creating a little, a, a miniature water system and, and, and how we would ring that, what valves we would have to isolate if we had to do something like that. Thank God we didn't have to, but, but sitting around that table, everybody was so fatigued and trying to figure that out was probably the low point because it looked like we may actually fail all the efforts that we had done. Thank, thank God we didn't and, and, and folks came through for us, but it ended up being about 12 more hours until we got that supply that we were hoping to get. So that, those, were, those were nail biting really, just very, very difficult times. I remember thinking, you know, this is really bad, but we have the right people. I remember thinking that we have the right team because we were that day that the canal breached, uh, that Monday, you know, it was a rush to figure out what, what we got to do. But I remember thinking we had the right people at the table to get this done. And when we decided to do the rock dam, I mean, I knew that 
I felt, I said, we felt confidence that we had the right team to do this, uh, to make it, if it was going to happen, we had the right people at the table to make it happen. So, so having an emergency action plan that, that worked, um, I think was, was something I felt good about. One thing we've learned is that we can share with others is having the right team, having the right emergency action plan, having the right pieces in place, I think is something that's very important that you don't think about until you need it, until you have to have it. Um, so having, having that in place was something, one of the things I, I feel like we've learned from it. So. Yeah, that, you're exactly right, Joey, I, the, to being able to um, have those resources lined up. We did have the right. Had we not had the right team, we would not have, have come out of this as well as we did. There's no question. The, the, the contractors that helped us um, were amazing. Um, the other thing I would say is don't be shy about asking for help. You know, the, this, this water community, this family, this is a really close-knit family. And, and so um, the way they supported us, um, the emergency management division, our utility friends, um, the National Guard, the contractors, everybody, everybody knew that failure is not an option and they were going to wrap their arms around you and, and lift you up to make sure you didn't fail. And so that was really good. I, in terms of lessons learned, the, the, we've certainly hardened our infrastructure where we've got you know, in, uh, creek crossings, stream crossings for water system. We've we've gone directional drill and tried to bury as much of that as we could, so it's not vulnerable to to flooding. We've worked with some of the local dam owners about control of their of their lakes that that you know created somewhat of a cascading effect whenever there were dam failures and, and how to prepare at the treatment plant at the canal. We fundamentally changed the way we treat water there. We've been treating water there for 115 years, but turbidity is important organic carbon, we now know the importance of that, and that's one of our key parameters that we're looking, looking at whenever the water quality changes. So we've really tightened that up quite a bit. So a lot of, a lot of lessons there, but I personally I learned that the city of Columbia and this, this group of people is, is where I needed to be, just to see how the men and women that, that work for the city came together, regardless of department, and responded to this challenge. Was, it was inspirational for me. I've seldom in my life felt that kind of camaraderie and, and love in the midst of just unbelievable circumstances, things that we hope and pray we'll never see again. I think one of, one of the surprises to me also was how well not just the city but other, I mean the National Guard, I mean we couldn't have done what we did without the National Guard. I mean just having them on site, they provided sandbags, all the equipment for that, um, the Chinook, I mean when we were dropping sandbags just to try to protect the canal from getting any worse as far as the breach goes, um, but just trucking material in, I mean without them, I mean they, it was it was amazing how quickly they responded, how they helped us get um, emergency pumping in. Um, some of our um, raw water pumps that were provided were provided through the National Guard and they helped, helped us get them there. Uh, it was a good feeling knowing that you had all this support around you and you knew that we were, we're gonna make it through this, we're gonna recover. And um, so it's, it's been a long time. I said probably one of the disappointing things is how long it's taken us to get to where we are. Um, you know, just because every, every hurricane season, we feel it, you know, it's because we're still there as, you know, it, 
we're one hurricane away from having this happen again and not having all this in place. I mean, the rock dam is, is, is probably the strongest part of the canal today, but there's still other parts that we could have an issue. You know, if we would, things, things could have happened differently, we, it could have been worse. So we still feel that every year, and we still try to plan for that as, as we get to hurricane seasons and other storm events. Um, we, we still feel that, that edge of, okay, what, what, what's going to happen? So, um, so. Rob, the thing I think about is our friend Amy Howard. When I told her that I was um, leaving consulting and going to take over for Bud Summers at, at, at Columbia uh, as, as water treatment superintendent, the, um, I remember her saying, wow, Clint, you're, you're, you're really going to be on the front lines. You know, you sure you want to do that? And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. And we used to talk about, you know, critical human infrastructure and how, how people rely on, on that. Um, when you're living it during an event like that, it really rings true and it hits, it hits home. It's a, it, you know, at the time was a little bit of an overwhelming sense of responsibility that we have not to fail. And, uh, but, but how people responded to, to make sure we didn't was, was again, inspirational. And um, so it's, it was a good, a good lesson for me about what, what does it mean? And Joey had shared with me what it meant to be an owner, you know, but, but that really brought it home. And, um, and it sticks with me to this day. I, I, really not a day goes by that, that we don't think about what it means and, and, the, and how people rely on us for, for these services. So it was, a, it was a good lesson, I'll say that. We want to thank Clint Sheely and Joey Jaco for helping us with this episode. To see pictures and links about the flood, visit the show notes. Being able to share stories just like this one is a gift and why we donate our time for this. I know it's kind of crazy, right? But there's so many backstories just like this about our water world that need to be shared. Thanks again for listening to The Outfall. If you enjoy our podcast, leave us a review on Apple and send this podcast to a friend. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.